0: Quarterly Report, this is your host, Armand Lee. Happy New Year's, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully you all are ringing in 2019 healthy and happy. And I want to thank each and every one of you all for rocking with me for a brand new episode of the Quarterly Report podcast. Obviously, I am your host, Armand Lee, man, and we've got a great way to start 2019. My homeboy, AJ Atai, producer of redskins 100 on nbc sports washington he's stopping by y'all know what time it is we're going to discuss all things burgundy and gold after another disappointing humiliating season however you want to break it down we're going to address all the topics and more plus we gotta stop doing the thing where we highlight what a player can't do Uh, while ignoring all the amazing things he does well and this week i'm focusing on none other than ben simmons we got to stop the madness when it comes to the reigning rookie of the year all that and so much more but first our number one topic this week first as i said during the intro my guest this week will be aj atai producer of redskins 100 but Before we break down all things burgundy and gold, I had to get this off my chest because when you talk about dysfunction, and I know dysfunction quite well being a Knicks fan, man, I don't know if there's a team that hits all the key notes the way Washington does, the Washington football team, man. And this past week illustrates just how dysfunctional everything is out of ashburn let's let's rewind things right and the first talking point that i have it's important that i make sure you all know this isn't my idea i didn't come up with this i wish i did Uh, about a year or so ago i was listening to the dan Lebertard radio show and man it was such an amazing point that he made and it came and it's in regards to kind of the construct and how we view the pecking order in terms of our favorite sports and sporting kind of hierarchies, right? And what Levertard was saying is that we should not look at coaches as the bosses of the players. And I know that probably when you hear that, it kind of makes you take a step back and like, huh, what are you talking about? Of course they're the boss. But allow me to kind of paint the picture the way I now see things thanks to Levertard right we view things in this country with such a militaristic view right your boss or your superior they call the sharp, the shots chain of command you don't talk back don't do this respect your higher ranking officer yada 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 and if you guys are not aware of what i'm alluding to washington right before their week 17 loss to the philadelphia eagles They cut one of easily one of the best players they had on their roster, DJ Swearinger. In fact, DJ Swearinger is a Pro Bowl alternate this year. If he's not one of their top five players this season, he's easily one of the seven or eight. Right. He he was. It is not hyperbole to say that DJ Swearinger was one of their best players this year. But they cut him Christmas Eve (laughs) of all days because he uh, was extremely critical of defensive coordinator, at least at this time, Greg Minuski. So all day, all day, what is it, Monday and Tuesday, all the, the guys on radio, all the people in print, all the people on television are talking at nauseum about how DJ Swearinger had to know better. And if any one of us, Did what DJ Swearinger did, which was talk back and be critical of our boss. They would be out of a job. And I heard that all day Christmas Eve, all day on Monday, following his release. And it got me thinking to what Lebertard said. I'm like, hold on, hold on now. DJ Swearinger, if you have an issue with him, um, you know, disrespecting the coaching staff. Okay, I understand that. If you have an, uh, uh, an issue with him having to be repeatedly told not to do so and him being a bit insubordinate, I get that completely as well. And in fact, if you wanted to move on from DJ Swears and you're like, you know what, the juice isn't worth the squeeze, even though I would disagree, if you felt that way, you're like, you know what, we can't win with this guy. Cool. I even get that as well. But don't release him. We're going to talk to AJ about this later in the show. But when you look at Washington's kind of their areas of concern when it comes to just their roster, forget front office, forget all the other stuff. We're going to talk about that later as well. But when you just look at the players, the talent on their team, they are not in a position to let one of their most talented players, not just one of their most talented players, a pro bowl alternate, just let him walk. DJ Swearinger probably is worth, what, a fifth, sixth round pick? He's under contract for next year. He hit waivers, got snagged up, just like that. Why wouldn't you just wait one week? They have deactivated a player who knocked out a dude just like a week and a half ago. He knocked the dude out. It was deactivated. You mean to tell me you couldn't have done that to DJ Swearinger for one week? and then trade him in the offseason? Like, what what are we thinking? Honestly, do they feel that they just got this embarrassment of riches when it comes to player personnel, that they could just let one of the best players go for nothing without any compensation? Because they did that with Kirk Cousins, remember? They could have traded Kirk. Clearly, there was a demand. They just let him walk. And then they just let DJ walk. With one game remaining in the season. But back to what the, the main point of this first part of the first quarter is. Greg Minuski is not DJ Swearinger's boss. Hell, Jay Gruden is not DJ Swearinger's boss. He's as much of a boss to DJ Swearinger as I was when I was producing Brian Mitchell. And let me let me make sure I take my time when I make this point. Whatever your favorite TV show is, let's say it's Part in the Interruption, there is a producer. And by title, he outranks Tony Kornheiser, Michael Wilbond. But if you think the producer of Part in the Interruption is the boss of Kornheiser or Wilbond, you are sadly mistaken. Whatever your favorite radio show is, because on Monday in DC, if you listen to Sports Talk Radio, number one, I'm sorry. But number two, you're just like me. You heard all day. Grand Danny, the Junkies, Chad Dukes, whomever the case may be. Al Galdi, whatever. Steve Zabin. You can't talk to your boss that way. If you talk to your boss that way, you're going to be let go. You're going to be fired. And I would just ask, hold on. Do you consider Maneski, DJ swearinger's boss? Do you consider Jay Gruden? DJ Swearing just boss because if you do, because he has the title of coach, wouldn't the producer of your radio show be your boss? And I guarantee you they'd be like, oh, no, 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 that's different. Okay, if it's different and if you're listening to my voice right now and you think that's different, here's five seconds to explain me and explain to whomever why is that different. Now, that's five seconds. You got anything except for but, or because, or it just is? Of course you don't. Producers, just like coaches, are there to help support the talent. That's what we call anchors or hosts. They're called talent in the industry, right? And when it comes to sports, in, in this particular uh, situation, football, there is no doubt the talent is is on the field, not on the sidelines. Greg Mineski's job is to help put DJ Squaringer and the rest of the defense in the best position. They both have the same goals. They want to win games. So the the coaching staff is a resource to help the talent, being the players, reach both ultimate goals. Do not make it, do not get it twisted. Greg Minuski is not DJ Swearinger's boss. He's there to help him. Just like whoever is the producer of First Take is not Stephen A. Smith's boss. He is there to help him. And if you doubt it, look at the value. How much money do you think Greg Mineski makes? And how much money is DJ Swearinger making? You could go that, do that up and down the the roster. I don't know how much Jay Gruden is making. He may make more money than DJ Swearinger, but I don't, I don't, I don't think it's that wise. You can find a bunch of Jay Grudens, and you could probably find a few DJ Swearingers, but I'd rather roll the dice trying to find a coach who can't win ten games than I can finding a safety who is a Pro Bowl alternate in the prime, entering the prime of his career. We got to check the way we view things in hierarchy and pecking orders, especially when it comes to sports. Right. Because we again, we live in this militaristic world where we just think, OK, you you have a higher rank. So you are the boss. You set the rules. You set the tone. And no, that's not the case. Washington made the decision, a decision that I firmly disagree with. They make the decision that Greg Minuski is more valuable to that organization than D.J. Swearinger. Even though they could have flipped D.J. Swearinger for another asset because, again, Swearinger is a Pro Bowl alternate. Greg Minuski may not, at the time of this recording, he still is defensive coordinator, but I I would highly doubt that he is the defensive coordinator by the time you guys hear my voice. And he shouldn't be because he's not that good. It's all about value. You know, the junkies probably can get away with saying a lot of other things that, you know, Chris Russell can't because to 106.7, the fans, the junkies are more valuable. But whomever produces that show, that's not the junkies boss. Whoever produces Grant and Danny, one of my one of uh, former guests, Brendan Dar. He's not the boss of them. Whoever produces B. Mitch's show is not the boss of him. My guy, AJ, who's going to be the guest this week's The Producer of Rescues 100. He's not B. Mitch's or JP's boss. He's a resource. He is there. Whomever the producers are of your favorite TV or television or radio shows, they are there to help, to assist the talent. And DJ Swearinger was saying, you know what? This guy, Mineski, is not helping us, the talent, reach our ultimate goal. And Washington chose the coach over the player. We'll see how well that works out. But I'm not done yet, man, because that's enough for just one week, right? Cutting a Pro Bowl alternate, a Pro Bowl-type player, right, days on Christmas Eve, number one, days before the season finale, and deciding not to trade him and get another asset, right? That would be enough for one week, but not Ashburn. Of course not. The Burgundy and Gold— it's like TNT. They know drama, bro, because just a few days later, they release several high-ranking officials on the business side of things. And the business side of the organization for Washington, they let a few player, or a few men go, high, uh, headlined by Brian LaFamina. Now, that guy's name has been ringing all throughout the D.C. metropolitan area since he was let go. And if you listen to the radio again, if you uh, read print or whatever online, however you break it down, you would have thought this was DEFCON 1, right? This was the biggest category five, like just the huge, biggest news story, like the biggest day in terms of why, what is wrong with this organization. Days after they just released a Pro Bowl alternate, this was the last straw. And I'm thinking to myself, hold on guys, i used for the majority of my life even now to some degree i have been in some way shape or form in medium right in the media during this podcast, uh freelancing whenever i do you name it i'm still in it okay i'm not going to be one of these people who bashes the media while also being a part but i'm not in the day-to-day like i used to be right monday through friday Working 10 to 12 hours a day sometimes, living, breathing, covering a team. I'm not doing that anymore, right? So as I've taken a step back in my career, I've been able to better understand some of you know the masses, you know, issues with members of the media because this is very self-serving, right? A pro bowl level talent was released for no compensation. And it's met with, you can't do that to your boss. If I were to do that, if you were to do that, we'd all be without a job. So they kind of just poo pooed that. Then days later, a guy on the business side of things, someone who has no impact on the day-to-day, no impact on roster, no impact on wins and losses, none of that, just about the business side's, business side of the organization. He's released, and everybody is running around how this is, you know, the last straw. Oh, my goodness. How could they have done that? I mean, come on. Like, honestly, man, you really got to assess yourself and get a grip on the entire thing. Let me ask you guys this one question. Does anyone know who's the head of business operations for any of the other 31 NFL teams? Does anyone know the names of those guys? No? I didn't think so. Because I don't know in either. I'm not saying this to, to shame anyone. No one cares. You know, people in the radio, one station in particular, cared because this guy was doing a lot to mend the wounds, right, and mend the fences between the, the team and this radio organization because it's been, you know, a very cold relationship over the years. So all these people on the radio, this one particular station, are acting like the world is coming to an end. And then people in TV, I'm assuming the guy LaFamina is a nice guy, you know, dealt with a lot, was very personable, made some relationships with members of the media. So they were upset because their buddy or the guy who's hooking them up with tickets and giving them access and allowing them to be, do conduct interviews and be on television shows, they're upset because they're, they're in, their, their source, right, their connect is gone. He doesn't have anything to do with Washington not winning. Now, if you want to go big picture saying, you know what? Maybe this is Bruce Allen's call. And if Bruce Allen is making these type of decisions, then he's going to make these type of decisions when it comes to roster construction and yada, yada, yada. Okay. If you want to play that out, cool. But I'm just talking day to day. Brian LaFamina losing his job is nothing that would, buy, that would concern any fan. Because he has no say, no role, no part on drafting, free agency, the cap, who starts, which plays you run. Brian LaFamena didn't tell Washington to start Mark Sanchez, you know? That's not what he does. He talks about maybe we should have player individual player introductions, or maybe... You know, we could do something with the tickets so we could bring better vendors in for FedEx to make the game day experience better and all this other stuff. But you know what is another layer to this? Because everybody who was throwing a fit on the radio and TV about LaFamina's release or uh, resignation or firing or however you want to phrase it, okay? Reportedly, the last straw for LaFamina in his kind of circle was the signing or the waiver claiming Of Ruben Foster that was the thing that just drove him off the edge he was like you can't do this I'm trying to restore PR and your guys are making a claim the only team in the league mind you to make a claim on a guy who was arrested for domestic violence boom like but the people on the radio the people who were making the swan song this overly this you know melodramatic production about how it's doom and gloom that LaFamina is gone The same people who had the violence out for LaFamina being fired were the same people when Rupert Foster was claimed by Washington saying, you know, maybe I wouldn't have done it, but you know, this may not be the move that I would have done. However, you know, he was arrested for domestic violence, but let's wait till all the facts come out. I talked about this a few weeks ago when the, the news first broke. All these people on the radio and on television and online writing these pieces and talking about during their shows, how Reuben Foster may not be guilty of the accusations, how Reuben Foster, um, he had a high grade and it was no cost. It was a high or low risk, high reward maneuver. But it came to be that LaFamina was like, you know what, I'm not, I'm not doing this. This is the last straw. So how are you going, you don't just do the commutative pro, uh procedure, right? The radio host didn't care about Ruben Foster being signed. However, they cared about LaFamina losing his job. And the thing that drove him over the end was the signing of Ruben Foster. That lets you know that It's not just the trash organization. It's not just the trash coaching staff. It's not just the trash front office and the trash ownership. The way this team is covered is trash, man. All week long, you would have thought that Brian LaFamina being fired or resigning was, you know, Dan Snyder selling the team. Meanwhile, they cut an asset Instead of waiting just a few months or however long you got to wait until you can make an offseason trade and getting a pick. When it's clear, they need all the picks they need. Look at the holes on this roster. They just let talented people go for talking and being critical to a coach about a coach who deserves criticism. You can't make this stuff up. You couldn't make it up if you tried. If you tried. Oh, so quick review, quick review of the week that was in Burgundy and Gold Nation, right? Number one, let's stop thinking that these coaches are these players' bosses because they're not. They don't write the checks. They don't sign them. They don't draft them. Coaches. Assistant coaches and coordinators, their job is to help assist. They are the players' resources. They everyone on their team has the same goal. The people who get the goal, who whose job it is to reach that goal, are the players, aka the talent. The coaches, just like the producers of your favorite television show, they are there as a resource to the talent to put them in the best position to. Produce and to win. That's it. Being critical of Greg Minuski is no different than your favorite radio host being critical of his producer because or her producer because they did not line up a guest or they were in their ear or they made a mistake. It happens every day on morning radio or drive time afternoon, whichever the case may be. It happens all the time. Greg Minuski is as much of a boss to DJ Swearter or Jonathan Adam or Allen or Josh Norman as whomever the producer is for PTI or inside the NBA is the boss to Charles Barkley or Ernie Johnson. They're not. They're not. And if you're not going to make a fuss about a pro bowl level player being released days before the end of the regular season, don't don't act like the world is coming to an end because the head of business, the business operations, lost his job either. Because no one knows any other head of business ops for any other team in the NFL, NBA, baseball, you name it. No one knows. And you want to know why they don't know? Because no one cares. Everybody who acts like this is a big deal. If Washington was 11-5 heading into the playoffs, it wouldn't matter, would it? The only reason you care is because Alex Smith got hurt, and Jay Gruden threw one game of the season away by starting Mark Sanchez. That's it. That's it. And if you have a problem with Brian LaFamina being fired, you better not have been one of the people who are trying to explain away the signing of Reuben Foster because now, guess what? It came to light that the Ruben Foster waiver claim It's what drove LaFamina over the edge. Can't have it both ways. And we as a town deserve so much better. And I'm not talking about the on the field product. And yes, we deserve better there as well. But all around that organization. All around it. I was told when I was a little boy by my pops, man. You get what you deserve. And the media and the team deserve each other all right guys that was the first quarter let me know your thoughts i know a lot of you all love the redskins in this area who listen to the show so if you love the burgundy and gold and you vehemently disagree or maybe you see where i'm coming from let me know get involved email me at quarterlyreport@gmail.com at gmail.com or tweet at me at quarterly show on twitter again quarterly spelled q-u-a-r-t-e-r-l-e-e All right, guys, we're gonna step out of the sporting arena for a segment that I hadn't done in a while, but man, we're gonna ring in the new year with a warning to everybody who's able to listen. It's our second topic this week. Second quarter. It's time now for Rise of the Machine. Yo, what in the world is popping off here? It's been a long time since we had one of these segments, but y'all, it's time. Red alert! Ring the bell, Slim. Everybody, get your guns ready. Get whatever it is re- ready. Whatever, Slim. If you've been boxing, you've been training martial arts, you got nunchucks, Slim. The the little the the little darts, the little samurai little. The, the, I don't even know what them chases is called. You know what I'm saying? The little throwing darts or whatever the hell them shits is called. Get them ready. I don't know. I don't even know how you would clap. First off, the joint that happened off in New York over the weekend. Now they say it wasn't transforming up blue. It probably was. Let my black ass have been somewhere around and see the sky turn all types of crazy colors. Yeah. <laughs> it would not have been the move. Joe, I would have gotten the car, got my little girl, got my family. We've been out of there. I hope y'all ready, Joe, because that's not even what I'm talking about. I'm not even worried about the Transformer breaking, breaking the sky turning all types of crazy colors for five minutes in New York. Nah, Joe, because that can be explained. What the hell is going on in Michigan? Somebody gonna have to somebody. I wanna make sure I say this person's name correctly. You shall. I feel like it's his name or their name. a scientist who's working in the University of Michigan. If you are familiar with Mr. or Mrs. Chow, you, if I'm mispronouncing your name, if you know them, if you know his mama, cousin, y'all went to church, school, whatever the case may be, call his ass up now and tell him to stop. This comes from newscientist.com. The headline is, Making Babies. How to create human embryos with no egg or sperm. I don't have to tell, read much longer. I don't have to tell any of you all how much of a bad idea this is. Who does this stuff, man? So I'm not gonna read the entire article. I'll read a little bit. You shall, this is by Ellie Dolgen, okay? You shall wasn't trying to create an embryo. But a few years ago, working in a lab at the University of Michigan, he witnessed something mind-boggling. The cells he was working with seemed to assemble themselves into what looked like an early stage human. We were looking for something else, says Shao, a bioengineer now at at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, but serendipity hit. The idea that scientists could create the first steps toward human life is astonishing, but Shao's discovery wasn't the first. A year before he published his results in 2017, research by a team in Japan led to the birth of a live mouse pup using eggs the team made from adult skin cells. What the is wrong with every last one of y'all? So my apologies. I will say if you're in Michigan, right? However, it's Massachusetts where he lives currently y'all need to stop joe like what i i don't he, he says he wasn't looking for this initially bro well okay i hope you burn all the 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 data all the blueprints everything that you started out with if that wasn't what you was looking for what you were looking for was wrong right you didn't do it right you stumbled upon this so scorch earth burn all the you know what i'm saying all the data, all the experiments, all your research. We don't need none of it. Don't publish anything. And them is out in Japan? Bro, how you making fake mice with human skin cells? How does that make sense? How on earth does that seem like a good idea? Okay, so my man Shao was like, bro, we was we was trying to figure something else. Notice. He doesn't really go in too deep on what he was trying to find. But whatever, I'll shoot him some bail on that, right? He wasn't trying to create human babies. These bammers out in Japan, they was like, Slim, we trying to have mice, human mice mixtures. Bro, we making mice with human skin cells. For what purpose? What purpose? Clearly you're doing the mice thing since you're trying to build up for the whole enchilada, right? We ain't stupid, you understand. You're using the mice as you know your your, your, your lab animals, right? You your, your experiment. The yeah, Bama's is trying to make artificial humans. We didn't skip all the way past artificial intelligence, right? Skynet hasn't even Skynet slash Amazon hasn't even fully developed yet. Alexa hasn't even decided to go ahead and turn, shut down everything right we just skip that we got artificial humans they trying to make that like bro someone please explain to me you know i remember the cloning when the cloning thing it was first going haywire i guess early 2000 are like hey man we can you know get new organs and all this other stuff and people's like Slim, we need to chill with that right this is dangerous and that kind of died down. I know the mo. I know the Bama's are still working on it. I'm sure they've they've done whatever it is that they have done, wanted to do. But they, they, at least the attention died down. Y'all gonna do that crazy stuff? Do it on you know, make just ignorance is bliss. But these Bama's like Bama. If y'all gonna clone, we just gonna create. How? Huh. Here I am thinking it's gonna be a robot revolution. We're going to have the fake human rape slip. This is how it all plays out. Alexa and her homegirls are going to be like, hold on now. Humans are creating these subhumans. We can't control them. We finna set the whole damn thing off. And then the sky's going to be turning all types of crazy colors everywhere. Not just in New York, because Alexa's going to be like, hey, we've seen enough. Over. Alexa and Siri. You understand? Oh. I just would like to know the thought process because number one who are your friends like because you can't be weird but like this is a special type of weird people right groups of people right because every group every click every squad you got it's like you got the one partner who's like yo this man if if things went left this is the person who's gonna go all the way left right we all got the weird person who just ate. You, know, you just got to take you know a certain extra level of care and consideration when you're dealing with them right but at least you can you can control that the one crazy person in the group these new crazy people got their own clicks of crazy people so there's no one with the the you know the the rationality but hold on man this isn't a good this isn't a good idea this ain't it they're linked up and clicked up that this bad idea they're all in on it. So they're like, hold on, let's keep on going. Let's see how how bad of an idea we can make this. Oh. Man, y'all better get right. I'm serious. Get right. Do some pull-ups, man. Hit the track. Make sure you're 40 times. Make sure your mile time as well. Make sure you can carry your, you know, your own body weight. If you got children, make sure you can carry them. Cause man, when it pops off when the subhumans and the artificial intelligence and Alexa in the series, they all start classes, It's going to be a Royal rumble, man. You basically going to be the Royal Rumble. You better get you a pimple. You better get you some water and whatever weapon of choice. It's some gasoline to make sure the car straight, bro, because when it goes down, I will not be here to help y'all out. This is y'all better. heed my warning now. You understand this? This is beyond crazy, bro, beyond crazy. If you know any of these bombers, slap them in the face real quick and kick them in the shin. You understand? So they can't come after you, bro, and just burn all their work now. Cause no one needs to know this. No one needs to know how to make mice from human skin. <laughs> you understand? This does not need to go any further. Shut the whole thing down crazy ass my oh so this this way this is what happens when people have not been in fights i'm a firm believer everybody needs to be in a, in a scrap or two growing up man because getting punched in the face is a real quick way to learn what not to do if this little obama i don't want to say i because I, I put the put the article down i don't want to mispronounce his name and do anything stupid like that but whomever this biochemist this is he needed to get his ass kicked when he was seven right he's like man don't, don't do that stupid stuff anymore just pop and we would be straight but no we we cool now nobody fights nobody scraps we we talk it out nah bro you need to scrap it out so we can keep human civilization moving forward and not succumb to subhuman and artificial intelligence and, and mice people bro mice people Y'all better get right. Y'all better heed my warnings, bro. Cause when it, when it, when it's time to go down, you know, my squad is straight. Believe that. All the rest of y'all, man, y'all should have been on y'all game. You feel me? <laughs> All right, man, y'all heard the horn, bro. I, I gotta take a halftime now. I gotta relax. I gotta come up with my game plan. Got mice people. You feel me? Man, bro, imagine the first bomber who's born without sperm or an egg just out like straight up test tube baby you the first families don't catch colds like man nah (laughs) nah bro no sir so while i get my head together while i start contemplating what moves i'm gonna make for the family it's halftime this week so hopefully i haven't scared most of y'all so i'm gonna give you some entertainment throughout the first of 2019 And because we're ringing in the new year, just like everybody else, there are new year's resolutions. I don't know about you. A lot of people want to eat well, they want to kick a bad habit, they want to save money, whatever the case, travel. But because I am such a man of the people, I am making a list of resolutions for some of the biggest names in sports and entertainment. So without further ado, take a look or listen to 2019 new year's resolution, the quarterly report style new year resolution anthony davis my resolution for you become decisive look we all know you're either going to end up playing in boston or los angeles so instead of dragging this entire process out for the entire calendar year make a choice tell the pelicans whether you intend to resign with them or not and if you don't let them know you'll only sign in either la or boston do us all a favor put the pelicans out of their misery and let 2019 2020 season start a little bit early
1: new year resolution
0: dell dip staying in the big easy bro don't read a thing not an article not a tweet a paper you name it don't read also stay away from strong substances look you're gonna get fired. It's coming. And it's coming quickly. We all knew this day was going to come at some point. Actually, I can pinpoint the exact date I knew you were going to get fired, and that was the moment you traded a first round pick for Omir Asik. That actually was the same offseason that you gave Anthony Davis the Supermax extension. You guys have had so much time to build around one of the true great players of this league and you have botched it at every turn you should be lucky that you have a job today but we here at the quarterly report are not happy about the loss of a one's job so our resolution to you Dell dips take unemployment like a champ but stay away from liquor and other hard substances
1: new year resolution
0: nfl media every september You guys tell me how the patriots are not looking like their championship selves every september you tell me how tom brady and bill belichick are ripping apart at the seams and every year in september you tell me that the dynasty is finally over so nfl media moving forward 2019 don't tell me a damn thing about the patriots until october matter of fact don't even broadcast their games don't say nothing don't say tom brady belichick new england craft don't even nothing i don't want y'all to talk about new england clam chowder nothing until october because clearly you guys have no clue about what is going on in Foxborough. in case you haven't noticed the patriots despite another awful september have a first round bye and are poised to make their eighth consecutive AFC Championship game. Yay, parody. New Year resolution. Boxing, the sweet science, I love you. But in 2019, just try a little bit not to be your own worst enemy. Can we do that? Every year, every single year, if you love the sport of boxing, the only thing keeping boxing from being a massive massive story is boxing itself how hard is this five judges boom no more three judges five it makes it harder to have a draw and it limits the power of the dumb judge that we always get in every big time fight boxing stop it new
1: year resolution
0: last but not least dc comics to start over i'm talking about the movie side of things dc cinematic universe start over i don't know what the hell i don't know how the hell y'all fumbled the the alley you given to you by christopher Nolan. he gave you without question the greatest three superhero movies in terms of a trilogy he gave it to you all to springboard into whatever it is that you guys were going to do to compete with marvel Christopher Nolan gave you the greatest alley-oop this side of Jason Kidd. And then executive produced Man of Steel, a great jumping point, a great starting point. And then somehow, despite having the successful Wonder Woman, you guys have fumbled all of that momentum. You're not catching up with Marvel. In fact, it's embarrassing to even consider you guys rivals. If any of you all have any resolutions that you'd like to offer for your favorite athletes, sports teams, actors, entertainers, etc., feel free to let me know what they are by tweeting them at me at Quarterly Show. Again, it's Quarterly spelled Q-U-A-R-T-E-R-L-E-E show or email them to me at QuarterlyReport at gmail.com. Funniest ones will get a special shout out in next week's episode all right guys we're going to keep things moving halftime adjustments have been made we're going to finish the show up strong starting with my guest this week producer of redskins 100 mr aj atai third quarter you can catch redskins 100 weekdays on nbc sports washington check your local listings it's a show that features b mitch jp finley really fun show and breaks down the burgundy and gold in a unique and fresh way the producer the man behind the scenes of that show is my guest this week, A.J. Atai. A.J., what's going on, bro? And thanks for coming on the show.
1: My guy. What's good, Armand? How you doing, bro?
0: Uh, you already know what time it is, man. Trying to make it, trying to start 2019 off the right way. Guys, make sure you follow my guy, A.J., on Twitter. He's at A.J. Atai. That's A-J-A-Y-A-T-A-Y-E-E. Again, he is the producer of Redskins 100 on NBC Sports Washington. So, naturally... That's where we're going to start off. It's, a, it's been a crazy year. Every time you talk about the burgundy and gold, man, you just run out of adjectives to describe the season, the, I guess, the the chaos, if you will. But the last month and a half of the season that Washington just finished, I don't know if there are words to describe. And I don't know to, to illustrate just how bizarre the season ended. Monday... I believe Christmas Eve, last Monday, DJ Swearinger, who was a pro Bowl alternate, calls into the Grant and Danny show on 106.7 The Fan in D.C., where he tells the world that he had been released by Jay Gruden, right? I talked about this at length in the first quarter. That alone is bizarre. Two days later, the day after Christmas, Craig Hoffman, also from 106.7 The Fan, reports that the business side of the Burgundy and Gold of Washington's organization had been released or they, they resigned, however you want to classify it, headlined by Brian LaFamina. Again, I talked about this at length in the first quarter. I don't think you know most people are aware of who runs the business side of their favorite NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball franchise. However, the idea that it was pumped up so much on the radio, much more than the release of dj swearinger was just completely confusing to me i have a hard time fit believing that the casual regular in not casual but the regular fan who paints their face and buys you know washington paraphernalia and eats sleeps burgundy and gold cares more about brian lafamina than they do dj swearinger but you produce the show right you have a very strong pulse of the fan base and the ins and outs of burgundy and gold nation so my first question to you aj is
1: what do you think is the bigger story i mean honestly for me i think it's the the front office stuff and like to go to what you just said about the fans but you have a hard time believing that you know they take that more seriously than swearinger because swearinger is a you know fan favorite that guy is There's not a ton of players on that team with a huge star power. He's definitely one of those guys that has that. Like you said, he's having a Pro Bowl caliber year. For me, it's still the front office, and the reason why is because it's more like big picture kind of stuff. You know, it's you're concerned that the that there's going to be a regression. Like the guys that they brought in were brought in because the team is, in a lot of ways, and like in a lot of different areas, you know, not seen in the best light across the NFL across kind of, you know, fans, you know, across the country in general, there's a lot of problematic things about the team. These dudes were brought in to help fix that, help alleviate some of that. And seven months later, they're all let go. So it's just in any kind of situation like that where you have such a quick turnaround in, you know, philosophy, it's it's concerning. And then on top of that, you know, it seemed like, I don't know, but those guys are all well liked and are competent people in their jobs around the n f l so the fact that you're firing them or that they're wanting to leave means that there's something here that they don't like that you're not yeah. allowing them to kind of do whatever they were brought in to do so from that aspect then it's it's concerning and again, like I said, it's more like a macro level honestly, i think d j Squaringer is a good player man, but you know on a five scale, that guy's like a three out of a five
0: right
1: he is he is a good starter. Honestly, he's been not great recently for them. Uh, he had one of the – and he, he admitted this himself uh, a couple times in the locker room, but he, he had one of the losing plays of that game. It was like a third and 15, um, and Dion Lewis picked up like 20, 30 yards on a screen or a little dump off because DJ whipped on the tackle. So he hasn't been great recently. Like the whole secondary hasn't been great, and on top of that, you know, You talk breezy about the coach, like, for four times in a row. Like, they already warned you, like, stop doing that. And you continue to do that. It's, like, you know, you've had to have seen that coming a little bit. Um, And honestly, I know they have a hole at safety now, but and they haven't had anyone competent at that position in a long time. But uh, to me, he's a replaceable type of player where the front office, kind of the the structure, the direction of the team, that's more of a, like, you know, where are they going to go? There's no clear-cut, like, answer there.
0: Once again, guys, I'm joined by my guest this week, AJ Atai, producer of Redskins 100 on NBC Sports Washington. Check your local listings for the airtime, but Monday through Friday on NBC Sports Washington. And, AJ, I kind of want to push back a little bit on the DJ. I agree with you. I don't think DJ Swearinger is Sean Taylor, Ronnie Lott. Um, he's not cam chancellor in his prime he is a good player uh, a very good player depending on what you look for but he's not a game changer in that regard however washington has so many holes so many holes that you could have flipped dj for something right i'm not saying you would have gotten a first round pick but you could have gotten a
1: fourth rounder for him
0: for sure for sure so that's one of my main issues with the DJ Erringer or DJ Swearinger being released. But pivoting forward, my next question to you is knowing how many holes Washington has on both sides of the ball, offense and defense, what would you say is their biggest area of concern now that their season has come to an end moving forward?
1: Honestly as quarterback, it's in terms of needs, in terms of what you're looking for in the offseason, it's one one, and then all the others, you know, you can kind of figure them out. So what are they going to do a quarterback? It seems like, you know, no one's really heard any updates on Alex Smith. What's going to happen with him? Is he going to be ready for training camp for the season? Is Colton Coy going to be the starter? Are they going to bring back Josh Johnson? Is the kid from Oklahoma, Kyler Murray, is he going to come out? You know, right. he'll probably not be in position to draft Dwayne Haskins from Ohio State, but, um like, what are you going to do a quarterback? To me, that's that's the number one question. Everything else is secondary. But after that, I mean, you know, what, what are they going to do with Josh Norman's? It's going to be kind of the first year they can get out of his contract. He's scheduled to be like a $15 million cap hit, 14.5 for next year. Um, uh, so with Josh Norman, if you cut him, all of a sudden you're going to have a, uh, another hole there with a bunch of inexperienced players kind of behind him. Um, and then at, you know, in terms of, Actual, like, spots to fill, to be honest with you, I mean, quarterback obviously is huge. Receivers are not great. But there aren't a ton of, like, starting jobs that would be up for for grabs without bringing in, like, a a high-level talent. You know, like, right. for them, the issue has been depth and, yeah. you know, keeping guys healthy. Yeah. Because it seems like, you know, just on paper, their offensive the line is one of the more talented ones in the NFL. You know, there's a lot of high picks couple guys who you know are paid like or top performing players at their position um it's just keeping those guys healthy they haven't been able to do that
0: once again i'm joined by my guy aj Attay, producer of nbc sports washington's redskins 100 make sure you guys follow him on twitter as well he's at aj atai that's a-j-a-y-a-t-a-y-e-e really dope follow and AJ you are a skins and wizards fan and it's funny because I've always said burgundy and gold fans and Nick fans are kindred spirits man because it's the same thing you know you've got an owner um who obviously cares about the team because they will spend ridiculous amounts of money to better the team they just have no idea in my opinion um how to best go about doing it and definitely struggle in terms of um breeding a culture of winning but and this is just me talking this is not aj this is my opinion i think at this point when it comes to basketball we need to start questioning ted as well so my question to you because i'm not going to get you jammed up on any of my hot takes but my question to you is simply put someone who loves both dc teams who do you have more faith in? Who are you more confident in will bring a championship to D.C. first? The Skins or the Wizards?
1: Honestly, I don't think either of them are close, but um, I would say the Redskins, man, to be honest with you. I think of all of, of all those teams, and if you included like the Nationals in there, another team that's kind of underperformed, like, I would pick them first. But I think the Redskins for me just because NFL is such a weird thing, man. Year to year, like you can go from being the best team to the worst team. It seems like they're they tend to be on the worst team side, but it's more conceivable that in a in a given year that they could get hot and make a run towards the end of the season. Where in the NBA, it's, it doesn't really work like that. You know, you yeah. you know that it's like right. the teams that are going to be there, everyone knows are going to be there, and there's not really a team that just you know out of nowhere complete. Uh, it goes from like mid-level team, mid to lower level team, like come of the Wizards have been recently, and that's not going to happen.
0: You know, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. I do think middling teams can make a jump. They just have to uh, understand where they are and make the right decisions. Easier said than done, but I think you're seeing it this year with Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee is a legit championship contender. I know a lot of people are kind of hesitant because they haven't had playoff success yet. But when you see the leaps that they've made in just one season by basically just hiring a competent coach, um, if you rewind uh, back to before the Warriors started their dynasty, right? They let go of Mark Jackson. They were a middling team, never made it to a conference championship, lost in the first round um, to the Clippers. They get Steve Kerr and then they go on the run. So yes, You can be a middling team and then turn it to a championship contender. You just need to make the necessary moves and make moves that could sometimes be uncomfortable, which leads me to my last question. Uh, I just made two examples of teams going from middling to championship contenders, and in the Warriors case, a champion. But in recent history, we've seen awful teams turn it around and be competitive possibly playoff teams in the western conference i'm talking about the kings this year and the clippers this year and they blew it up the pacers blew it up with paul george and they bounced back relatively quickly with the amazing trade of oladipo and sabonis you know the term blow it up and rebuild is like looked upon as an ugly you know four-letter word if you will you know what i mean but I just gave you several different examples of teams who've made decisions or recently Clippers Kings did blow it up and actually are better suited um, short-term and long-term to actually be a championship contender. Do you think it's time for the Wizards to blow it up?
1: Like you said, man, if you're able to move one or two pieces, honestly, at the end of the day, you had mentioned this, it's who's making the decisions for the team and do you trust that they're going to get going right. to do the right thing in terms of building the team long term. I think right. all questions with the team kind of start there, but they have talent, man. I think the reason everybody's so disappointed with them is isn't because of their lack of, you know, talent on their roster, it's lack of performance. So, yeah. If you're able to get one or two new pieces in here, you're able to get John or Brad or even Otto's contract. It seems like that His stock is, like, all-time low right now. wasn't playing well, and now is dealing with, like, weird knee soreness. Um, I think it would be tough to move his contract right now for anything of value and not get, like, a bad contract in return. Right. Um, But, yeah, I I think on paper, like, talent is not their question. If they're able to kind of shake it up a little bit and maybe just swap one piece for another, bring in some fresh blood, potentially they very easily could turn around. Uh, with the roster they have right now, I think they still have time to turn it around and make the playoffs. But big picture, are they where they should be? Are they the contender that you've in the East, at least? Like, are they the contender that you thought they would be with this core? And, you know, I think most people would have a hard time saying right now that they are. So I would advocate for a move. But like we mentioned earlier, with huge contracts, it's, it's going to be tough. But that would be a blockbuster trade if one of those guys were, were moved. And there you have it. Once again, that's my guest this
0: week, AJ Ataye, producer of Redskins 100 on NBC Sports Washington. Make sure you guys check your local listings. Whether you are a fan of the Burgundy Gold or not, man, it's really one of their better shows. So shout out to AJ, JP, and B. Mitch, and all the people working on that show. AJ, as always, man, it was good catching up with you. Thank you so much for joining me this week on the quarterly report. This week on the quarterly report.
1: You got it, man. I know you love baseball, too, so I'm, I think I'm going to be <laughs> doing a lot of baseball stuff this spring. Let me know. I'll come in here and we can talk to some uh, talk about the hitting order and, yeah, uh, you know, debate who should be in the four. <laughs> yeah.
0: I wouldn't recommend you holding your breath on that one, buddy, but thanks again for joining me. All right, guys, that's the third quarter. We've had such a really fun show, touched on a lot of different topics, but we've still got one quarter left, of the first show of 2019. So let's get at it. Fourth quarter. There's got to be a condition. It, it has to be a condition. In which we all suffer from. In some way shape or form. Where. We. Focus. We spend. A ridiculous amount of time. Energy. Right. Thinking about what something can't. Do. What someone can't do what's not great about a certain job you could have the best job imaginable doing a job in which you've always dreamed about and which you get paid an amazing amount of money where you have uh, a great ability for you know work and kind of personal life like the the balances right what is it called like job? Uh, personal time balance, something along those lines. You have a great balance, between. they don't overwork you. You have great benefits. You know, you have amazing vacation days. Great coworkers. Your boss isn't a jerk. He's understandable. You are fulfilled. You're satisfied. But the commute to your job is just awful. Right? The commute. It's just, oh my gosh. So much traffic getting to work every morning. Oh, my gosh, the train is never on time. I have to get up at 530 to make it to my job at eight. And we focus so much on the thing that's wrong with with something or someone. And somehow that trumps all the positives. It's got to be a condition and it happens to all of us in some way, shape or form. Right. You can have the amazing girlfriend or boyfriend or whichever the case may be. And. She's beautiful. She's funny. She's smart. You know, she, she gives you space. She's not jealous. She's, she trusts you. She's got a great job. She comes from a great family. She's healthy, but she can't cook. You know what I'm saying? And that one thing, oh, she doesn't cook. Oh my God. Why don't you ever cook for me? You will overlook all the negative things that All the positive things, excuse me. You'll overlook all the positive things, all the beautiful things that this person is bringing to the table. This person may make you a better person, right? But damn it, man, she can't cook, bro. It's just this one thing that bothers me. How many times have we had that conversation with, with a homeboy? Or maybe you've had it with yourself. Damn it, man, if they could just only just fix this. Everything else is dope, but if you could just fix this and that one thing is now compounded, right? We don't view it in the necessary in the necessary space where we just view things from a, ration, a rational a rational or reasonable standpoint like you know what pro cons we learned this in elementary school right make a list of pros and cons it'd be this one con and 11 pros a reasonable person looks at that as like oh my god this is a slam dunk but for whatever reason for us as humans we just focus in on that one thing and we try to change it And when we try to focus in and hone in and change the one thing, it ends up making a huge problem to all the 11 positives. Right. Because that person then starts feeling like they're under attack. Like, Hold on. I can't cook. But look at all this that I do. And then what do they say? Well, what about you? You get mad at me because I don't cook. But let's say all the things that you don't do. And then, boom, it's over. Right. That's how it works. You at your job. You know, you have a great job, great benefits, great boss, getting paid a lot of money, great vacation days. But you go to your job and I like, mean, you know what? I can't come in on time, man. The community is too much. I can't get up early enough. I'm not going to get up early enough to make it in on time. Good luck with that, right? So then you start complaining to your coworkers and to your friends. Oh man, I just had to get up so much so early to get to my job. And they look at you like, Slim, you love your job. Your job is amazing. We've all been there. I don't know why we do it. I have no idea what the condition is called, but we all suffer from it at some way, shape, or form at some point in our lives. And in the NBA, it is no different because what we are doing to Ben Simmons is insane to me. Let me beat you all to the punch. No, Ben Simmons cannot shoot. There, I said it. I felt it like Rabbit in Eight Mile, right? If I t- if I make the insult to myself first, I take the sting away from you, right? So no, Ben Simmons cannot shoot. Bong. We know. Cool. Thank you. Let's list all the things that Ben Simmons not only does well but does exceptionally well. He is an amazing defender. May very well make an All NBA Defensive Team in his second season playing that's insane bro that is unheard of and it's not like he's a center although he can defend bigs we're talking about defending the perimeter ben simmons plays point guard he defends wing players and he does it phenomenally players just don't come in the league being able to defend the best perimeter players the world has to offer it does not happen Ben Simmons is doing it. If you were to list first team all NBA defense right now, and I'm not saying Ben is going to get a first team all NBA defense, but you know, Drew is going to get up there. Miles Turner, possibly Joel Embiid, possibly Kawhi Leonard, possibly Giannis, possibly maybe. Guess what? Ben Simmons is in that discussion. He is a phenomenal defender, and this is his second year playing, and no one talks about it. How many players in this league are better passers than Ben Simmons? Better passers. How many? I don't know if you can name five. He's definitely in the top ten. I think he's top five. If you disagree, I challenge you to name me some. Tweet at me at Quarterly Show, Q-U-A-R-T-E-R-L-E-E Show. Email me at QuarterlyReport at gmail.com. But I don't think he could do it. But we overlooked that. He's a second-year player who's averaging essentially nine rebounds a game. (laughs) From your point guard position. So he's an amazing defender, possibly all-team NBA, possibly first-team all-NBA defense. He's an amazing rebounder. He's one of the five best passers in the entire league. And, oh, by the way, he shoots over 50% from the floor. So he can't shoot, but scoring is not a problem for him. He scores 16 points, shooting 50-some-odd percent from the floor. One of the most efficient offensive players in this league. We ignore all of those things because he can't shoot. And now especially in today's day and age where everything kind of takes off on the social media landscape. We're making memes. Oh, look at Ben Simmons' elbow when he shoots. Oh my God, Ben Simmons can't shoot. So what are we doing? The same way your homeboy focuses in on his girl who can't cook and ignores all the great things about her. She's making him more disciplined. She's allowing him to become a, a real man. I shouldn't say allowing him. That's all messed up, right? But she is bringing out the best in him. Right. She doesn't put up with his BS. So that forces him to grow up. She's funny. She's smart. She's successful. She supports his dreams. All these things. Right. All these positives that your homeboy's girl brings to the table. And your homeboy is complaining that she doesn't cook. You would look at your partner and be like, Slim, you're dumb. Get your face. Go back upstairs. Turn on the sink. Get your washcloth and wash your face and start the day over again, man. Because you're lunching right now. If your friend told you that, you'd be like, Slim, what are you doing? If your other friend has the great job, gets paid, gets paid very, very well, right? Has all these vacation days. Has a sense of fulfillment. Comes home from work happy because he loves or they love what they are doing. Has a great boss right, has a great balance of work, personal life balance, has all these things, but the commute, you just got to get up three hours before you got to go to work because the commute takes a long time, and they complain to you, oh, man, I don't know about this job, bro, the commute is just crazy, you're going to look at your friend and like, shut up, I'm out here busting my behind, barely making ends meet at a job that I hate, like, getting a week off for a full year, like five days vacation, paid vacation. All the while you jet setting, have this beautiful home that you can pay for because you get paid so much money going on all these trips that you take using paid vacation days. All these great benefits have top-notch health and dental care. But you got to wake up three hours before you have to be at work because the community takes up. Like you wouldn't. You would talk to your friend and like you'd be willing to shake him up, like physically shake them, like to get shake some sense into them. That's how I feel, man, when I listen to some of y'all rail on Ben Simmons. And it's not just people around the way it's people I respect people on television and print and radio who I respect And I hear them, and I'm just thinking to myself, yo, y'all can't be serious. Ben Simmons needs to improve. Yes. Make no mistake, I'm not saying that Ben Simmons is a finished product, but the fact that we even talk about a second-year player. This is his third year in the NBA, but only his second year playing basketball. Ben Simmons has played about 130 professional basketball games. And we act like he should be a finished product. That's crazy. The idea that Ben Simmons is what he will ultimately round in to be is nuts. Y'all got to know this. Again, he's played essentially 130 games. Like, why do we think this is the finished product? And oh, by the way, if it was the finished product, you'd have one of the best defensive players one of the best passers, an efficient offensive player who also rebounds well. I'm sorry. Raise your hand if you wouldn't want that. Forget about wanting that from a 21, 22-year-old guy. Wanting that from anyone. But he can't shoot. So, who cares? I seriously question how y'all would act if you were in, like, if you could rewind and watch Magic Johnson play. this is what i'm saying some of y'all bamas i know y'all just young but a lot of people making these quotes aren't young they're of my age or older and i'm just thinking you know magic couldn't shoot y'all know that right one of my favorite basketball players of all time is jason kidd jason kidd was an amazing basketball player before he learned how to shoot (laughs) you know what i'm saying there's more than one ways to skin the cat Ben Simmons, before he starts shooting threes or mid-range jump shots, I don't care about any of that. He needs to shoot. He needs to improve his free throw shooting. That's the one thing. Like, that's what he needs to do before anything else. Ben Simmons is like a 58, 59% free throw shooter, which is crazy. He needs to get that to the 70s. High 60s, definitely 70s. Once he gets there, we'll start talking about shooting. He doesn't have to shoot. That's the thing. Cool. That's his weakness. He realizes it, and he doesn't do it. I get so many people, I read so many articles where people are like, man, he just has to shoot them. Why? What sense does that make? And I hear people, the rationale is you need to have the defense respect the jump shooters. Defenses, if Ben Simmons starts shooting 18-foot jumpers and never makes them, defenses won't respect it. Like, why would you Rondo's whole career, especially in Boston, people didn't respect the jump shot and they didn't need to. They never did because he couldn't consistently make it. Why would you respect something just because someone takes it like that goes back to the whole Kobe assist, the Derrick Rose assist? That's stupid. You do not reward someone for making um, for taking a bad shot or missing. Ben Simmons does not get credit for taking shots that he can't make. That doesn't make sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, why would you do that? We don't do that in any other realm. If someone can't dribble to the left, we don't say, oh, man, you know what? He? Every time someone, a player dribbles to the left, they would turn the ball over. Like, every single time. No one would then says, hey, you know what? He's just got to start going to the left just to make the defense respect him. Well, we know what's going to happen every time he goes to the left. He's going to turn the ball over. So either go to the right or run an offense where you get to move without the basketball. You don't have to create. We don't do that in any other shape or form in any way in the sport. Do we say, you can't do something. You should do it, though, because defenses or the offense, however you want to break it down, will respect it. Nah. If you can't do something, you doing it more actually increases the the probability of you losing the game or doing something that will cause your team harm. Ben Simmons cannot shoot, so he doesn't shoot. And yet, because he doesn't shoot and because he can't shoot, that somehow trumps all the things that not only does he do well, that he does exceptionally well. There was some dude in my mentions saying that Ben Simmons is a glorified Lamar Odom. Dog. What? What? What are we doing? What are we doing? Ben Simmons has played 130 games, semi-games. And if he he doesn't improve at all, he's already better than Lamar Odom. What are we talking about, bro? Lamar Odom's career high in assists, I believe, was 6. Ben Simmons, first season. He had like a shade under nine, bro. What are we talking about, man? I'm sorry, a shade under eight. What are we talking about? I I just don't get it. I don't get it. I don't know what it is. What the condition is called where we focus so heavily on what someone or something doesn't do that we ignore all the positives that they do. Ultimately, taking a an environment that would be nurturing and causing it to be toxic. I hope for all my Sixers friends and the people who listen to the show who are Sixers fans, I hope y'all chill. I hope you guys aren't the ones who are saying, man, Ben needs to shoot. Ben needs to shoot. We should be celebrating that he's this this amazing of a basketball player in spite of the fact that he can't shoot hoping that he does improve his shot, specifically the free throw shooting. But overall, hoping that he does become the player or hoping that he is like every other player in the NBA who actually improves on their weaknesses after 130 games. And if he does, he's among the top players in this league. I think Ben Simmons is already one of the best players in this league because of the points that I've already illustrated. No, he can't shoot, but he's still amazingly efficient. Who's also an amazing defensive player, who's also one of the five best passers in the league, who also rebounds exceptionally well. Okay, he can't shoot. Cool. I got all these other things, though, right? I'm good. Y'all better take time out to smell the roses, man. Like, I don't... Because if you don't like Ben Simmons, you probably wouldn't have liked Jason Kidd. And if you probably didn't like Jason Kidd, you probably wouldn't have liked Magic Johnson. And no, I'm not saying Ben Simmons is Magic Johnson. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying if your criticism of Ben Simmons' game is he can't shoot, there's a lot of guys 130 games into their career who couldn't shoot too. And if you wouldn't have liked their games, you may not know that much about basketball i appreciate the fact that you guys know a lot about this show the quarterly report we are coming to a close 2019 we're starting it off in an amazing way i want to thank each and every one of you all for listening to the show and a few requests that i have in on my end as well please head on over to itunes or apple Podcasts, rate the show give it five stars if you would like but more important please leave a comment tell me tell your friends tell the world what you love what you like about the quarterly report podcast man that stuff is super important so i ask all of you all to do that for me and as always stay in contact with me and the show email me at quarterlyreport@gmail.com. at gmail.com that's quarterly spelled q-u-a-r-t-e-r-l-e-e and tweet at me at quarterly show all right guys man you guys have a happy and safe start to the new year thank you all for listening i want to thank again my guest this week aj Ataye from redskins 100 and as always i will see you guys back here next thursday on the quarterly report